All right, welcome to Real Estate Doctor Radio. Actually, I'm just kidding because we don't have a name for this yet, but that's the first thing that came to my mind. My name is David Doty. I'm here with my lovely bride, Heather Doty. And today we are going to be interviewing one another so that we can get to know each other a little bit better. Just kidding. And so you can get to know us. And this podcast is all about interviewing people who have had some measure of success in business or in some other aspect of life. We're interested in hearing from others how they've achieved success and so that we can emulate their success and become like them. So I'm going to start this off. It's my lovely bride, Heather. I'm going to ask you a couple questions. We can go back and forth. Can you say hello? Hello. It's a good thing we enjoy talking to each other. (laughs) I'm going to start with a question. And then we can go back and forth. I think it might be more fun, more entertaining, and more interesting if we're going back and forth rather than just me pestering you and then turning the mic over to you. So my first question. That is a, um, that's a loaded question to start with, husband. (laughs) Who is Heather Doty? Um, So it's interesting. We were talking about our names the other day and how important names are, and, and I've always had nicknames along the way. And people tend to refer to me by my full name, Heather Doty. Hey, Heather Doty. And I love that because I love sharing your name. I love being part of your team. And and for those of you who don't know, David and I are entering a new season where I have mostly um, stepped away from my full-time career in medicine to really come alongside David and um, be more present at home um, so that I can help with our children and help with David's business. So, um, so I'm thankful that I am Heather Doty and we get to be on the same team. So, uh, that's my introduction. Who is Heather Doty? You know, I think, I think Heather Doty is, and we'll talk about this a little bit more because I've peeked at your questions ahead of time, but, um, I think I am a good friend. I like to, one of my greatest joys is encouraging other people. And so I think that's probably how people would see me. I tend to be pretty organized. I love to innovate. I love to create because I think it's a reflection of God because that's, um, that's where it all started is how he created this amazing, um, place for us. And he created a a people for himself. So I love to create. I love to come alongside other people. I'm not one, I don't like to be in the spotlight. So even being in the mic light is a little stressful for me. So I'm real thankful we're not in a camera, but, um, but I love to innovate. I love to love on people and care for them and, and push them towards success. Um, so I think that's how people would see me when they would ask me, who is Heather Doty? I think, I think that's how they might summarize that. And at least that's in part who I strive to be. I agree. And I love that. I think you do that with excellence. You come alongside of people, you help people. I know you've helped me tremendously and I would not be who I am today without you. There's absolutely no doubt about that. And that's not cliche. I I mean that sincerely. So is it my turn to turn the tables and ask you the first question? I can't wait. (laughs) So uh, David, obviously I've had the pleasure of knowing you for about 16-ish years, I think. Um, And so I think you are amazing. One of the most amazing people I've ever met. And it's just a joy to be on this journey with you. Um, But how about if you tell everyone who's listening a little bit about yourself, tell us a little bit about what you're doing now and a little bit about who you are. Well, it all started in 1975. 
Um, just kidding. I'm not going to do that. It's it's interesting. And, and you did send me these questions and I wish that I had read them um, and, and thought more about them. <laughs> You're not alone in that. <laughs> um, I obviously I'm in real estate. You know, I've, I've had a very diverse employment background as far as career, everything from waiting tables to driving a garbage truck to working in financial services and now real estate as starting off as an investor doing residential brokerage and now as a managing broker still buying and selling homes and representing people doing that but um, focusing more on growing a team nationally and eventually hopefully internationally but it's interesting to me how we and maybe this is a guy thing i don't know if this is a human thing in general but you say tell me a little bit about yourself and i immediately go to career and and work but that's only a small part of who i am i had a life changing encounter with god when i was 26 when he um just broke into my life i had um if if you guys are familiar with the damascus road experience where I think it's Acts chapter nine, where Jesus intervenes with with Paul, and and he has this dramatic change. I underwent something similar to that, where I was just on a very depressing dead end road, and God intervened and and placed new life within me and exchanged my um, sorrow for joy in a in a very real palpable way, and that really defines who I am. I'm trying to seek him and glorify him and embrace what his destiny is or his desire for my destiny is. And so that's, of course, affects every aspect of life, whether it's employment, certainly our marriage is impacted by that. The fact that we have all of these kids and we want to do our best by them to raise them in a manner that will prepare them for adulthood and even how we parent Ralphie, the super labradoodle. That's all I got. Is that good? Does that answer your question? I think that is perfect. And I guess we should we should share maybe just real briefly for those who haven't met us, sort of who our family is as well too. That's a huge part of our story. We have six children. We have two uh, older kids who are grown and gone. We have one um, precious grandson named Isaiah who is going to turn two. We have two kids in the middle who we adopted from Ukraine um, all a few years ago separately. But over the past four years, we brought them home and they are now 18 and 13. And then our two youngest are our biological kids. And so we have a whole tribe of kids in various seasons and we're super busy. And I think it gets better and better every year. It does. And it's remarkable how each of these six children are so different. Like how can you have six opposites? I I don't I don't know. I mean, you know, that that defies logic, but there's each of these kids is so incredibly different. It's so much fun getting to know them and trying to figure out how to parent each of them individually. Yeah. Yeah, this is an aside. This is not on our script. Not that we had a script, but that's one of the things that has been the most amazing thing to me about parenting and the most difficult is really 
getting to know each of these six kids, finding the time to do that, and really identifying their the gifts that God has given them individually and propelling them in that. I think that's one thing that I am so thankful for that my parents did for me is just really allowing me to try lots of different things and um, allowing my natural gifts to come to the surface so that they could be cultivated. And that's been super fun. And thank goodness we don't get one shot at parenting. It's a growth process as we've learned to really get to know our children and and um, to allow them to capitalize on the way that God has gifted them. Yeah, that's something as, as we first started getting to know one another, even before we were starting to date, seeing how successful you are as a person and how successful your brother is as a person. And just thinking to myself, I, I remember thinking repeatedly, wow, these their parents, Heather's parents did something right because you guys are both so humble and friendly and well accomplished. You and Sean are both people that the average person would want to be like. And I, I think that's a huge credit to your parents. And so I, I totally agree. And I've learned so much parenting with you as a result of that. So I think, I think we each bring our different experiences and your parents are incredible people, the most generous and kind and loving and caring and compassionate people. And I think it it is neat um, as we allow ourselves to really grow into who we are as a couple and as parents to watch that just mature and flourish. So that's a total aside, but something that um, that you and I become really passionate about. So on to the next question. On to the, yeah, I'm going to try to keep you on track now, okay. Mrs. Doty. Uh-huh. I, I do tend to drone on. <laughs> <laughs> Squirrel. That's, that's funny because it's usually me that, that does that. But what's one thing from your childhood that you learned that has translated into your adulthood that you still use today? I thought, I thought about this. I saw that question and um, I, mean, I, I had an amazing childhood. So there are lots of things I think that caused me to grow. But the one thing that jumped out at me was, and I didn't know this until later, probably much later. I don't know if I was in college or maybe even medical school after that. But I heard a story from my parents when I was in second grade. So of course, every parent thinks that their child is the best. They are the smartest. They're the most gifted. They are just incredible. And my parents thought the same of me. And so I was very honored and they treated me like I was a genius, even though I clearly was not. And so they had me, they were convinced that I was academically gifted. So they had me tested by the school psychologist and I didn't make the mark at the time. And my mom was really sort of disappointed, but the, their answer was, Hey, you still go out and you use your gifts and, and work hard. And I think it was about probably upper elementary school that I really started to apply myself academically. And the whole way through, I was never, eventually I, I became sort of an honorary member of the gifted class in high school, just, just really by effort and dedication. And so that really taught me that even, even if we don't innately or inherently have gifting in a certain area, we're capable of so much, I think. And now I know, obviously, if we lay that before the Lord and we um, partner with him in that, we're capable of doing anything. Um, so obviously, I went on to finish college, went on to finish medical school and residency and higher level training. And um, 
certainly I don't, I don't have the highest IQ. I used to joke with people that, um, that really, if, if I can make it through medical school, that anybody can do this. And I, I genuinely believe that if you, if you set a goal for yourself and you feel called, even more importantly, you feel that the Lord is calling you to something, you need to go for it and give it everything that you have, regardless of what label you have or, um, what has been, um, placed upon you externally, I guess. So, so I think that that really impacted me. You know, it's something that could have change the trajectory of my academic education for the worse. But instead, I think it really propelled me toward something even bigger and more meaningful. That's so true. That's mm -hmm. so true. And that's a great analogy. And I've, I've heard, I, don't, I can't recall where, even where this is documented, but I've, I've heard and I believe that a person's IQ can change. Mm -hmm. you know? And so somebody who has a quote unquote lower IQ could be, um, you know, through having the proper mindset, believing that they can, and working hard and reading and learning new things, you can definitely, definitely grow your IQ. I have, it's funny that you mentioned it. I mean, it's not really funny, but I have kind of the opposite experience because I was labeled borderline genius in elementary school. How? I don't know, but that was what I was told. And so I took from that, and I'm still overcoming this today, that I don't have to try. And so I skated through high school and college with a, you know, B, C average. I could usually show up and get A's in most classes until it got really technical, like trigonometry. And I remember failing trigonometry or come, I think I got a D in, in the 10th grade and I was just shocked and horrified. Like what happened? You know, I'm supposed to get A's just by showing up because I'm a genius or almost a genius. And I think that I really declined mentally as a result of not trying. And so I'm overcoming that, trying to overcome that and learn from people like you. Well, I, I do think you're a genius. That's your <laughs> intellect was one of the first things that attracted me to you. So I, I think that That's test funny. was accurate. And there's, there's just a balance. It just goes to show you that we're all, we are all working together and we bring pieces of our story together to really create, I think, a, a pretty amazing package to present to our kids and hopefully to teach them for, from our own experiences. Well, 20 years ago, when you were going through residency, I was driving a garbage truck. So there. <laughs> Is it my turn for the next question? Okay. So um, obviously you spend, David, a good bit of your time in real estate right now. And you've had a really, um, you've had lots of different careers. So you, you've changed a lot through your life and you landed in real estate some years ago. Can you tell us a little bit about how you landed there and a little bit about your career in real estate? Absolutely. There, um, a, a very dangerous prayer that I've prayed a few times is, Father, do whatever it takes to get me to where you want me to be. Hmm. And I remember in 2006, March, driving my garbage truck in Granite Quarry, North Carolina on a sunny Friday afternoon, listening to uh, Bible Broadcasting Network or whatever the, the radio program was, where they were sharing a testimony from a lady named Johnny Erickson Tata who was paralyzed just after high school graduation or right around high school graduation and became a quadriplegic and yet has gone on to write many books and minister to thousands of people and host camps for people with disabilities. And she has in her own right changed the world. And she shares that prior to that accident, she had prayed, God, do whatever it takes to get me to where you want me to be. And it took a near fatal debilitating accident for God to get her 
to where he wanted her to be. I remember hearing that and just being very impacted by it, but I was going through a season of somewhat contentedness where I was and yet feeling like had something more, like God had something more, something different, you know. And I honestly liked my job driving a truck. It was it was not bad. Um, I had stepped away. I, prior to that, I had been pastoring a little church up in Salisbury, North Carolina, and had stepped away from that um, and was just thinking, like, I, I never thought, like, when I was in high school, I never dreamed of driving a truck for a living, you know? So I was just thinking there might be something more. And I prayed that prayer. And within a couple of weeks, my back started really bothering me and it got to the point that I could not sit in a truck anymore. Um, long story short, over a year of unemployment, pie piecing things together, went back to school at night, ended up working for a Fortune 80 financial services company eventually after 17 months or, or so of unemployment. And after five years or so of having worked myself up into management, um, I tell people with every promotion, I liked it less. And once again, prayed a prayer similar to that. Like, God, you've got to do something. I, I, can't, I can't just, you know, sit in a cubicle and tell people to do things I don't think they should do anymore, you know. So I had I'd left work early that Monday afternoon in 2012 to go to our son's track meet which had been canceled, but nobody had told me about it. This was uh, kind of a comedy. But anyway, get to the school that's vacant. It had been canceled for weather. And so I was just walking around praying and um, prayed a similar prayer. Or same, kind of a different version of the same prayer, saying, we've got to do something. Dude, something's got to give, you know, and I need an answer within a day. And the next morning, you called me on my office phone and said, you're not going to believe this. I just got a job offer. And so I immediately went and turned in my notice. <laughs> I think you got me to wait a few days um, and uh, turned in my notice and, and stepped out and then trying to figure out what, what, what I'm going to do. And of course, got into buying foreclosures, flipping houses back then, which led to getting licensed, which led to becoming a managing broker, which is where we are now. That's exciting. It's been a wonderful journey. It's been a journey. Yeah. It's a fun time to be in real estate. Heather, when did you know that you wanted to be a physician? Oh, this is easy. This is, um, this is a question that is, is commonly asked, I think, of many physicians too, because it takes so darn long to become a physician. People wonder what, what made you do that. And I remember, so I don't remember the day, but I remember the season and it was um, I was 12 years old. I was in the sixth grade. And it was then that I really started to enjoy studying and um, the idea of finishing tasks and homework and staying engaged in the classroom. I really loved science. I really loved math. And I really loved people. And I realized that I could blend all of those things together in medicine. And so at 12 years old, I knew without a doubt that's, that's what I was called to do. I was not a Christian then, so uh, I know I can say with 100% assurance that it was the Lord who called me at that time, even if I didn't recognize his voice. But from that time on, really, I didn't waver from that. I went through high school. I finished college. I went to a small liberal arts college in Pennsylvania. Uh, I did become a Christian 
halfway through my college education. And that gave me great pause because I had been chasing after this dream of becoming a physician for many years at that point. And to me at that time, it, it really had become an idol. The Lord in his kindness during my sophomore year began to take away all those things that I esteemed higher than him. I didn't, I, I would have called myself a Christian and I went to church occasionally, but really had never surrendered my life fully to his Lordship. And so in his kindness, he took away my grades. I'd never gotten bad grades before, but I ended up with a C in anatomy of all classes, the one that you really need to prepare for medical school. So I had great difficulties with that, with organic chemistry, didn't get a scholarship to, to Scotland that I was hoping for. And my roommate moved out to join a sorority, all the, all these things. And at the end, he remained. He had to take away all of these things that I had really put up on a pedestal. And one of them was my future career in medicine, because if I couldn't get essentially straight A's, my future career was in jeopardy. And so it was at that time that I saw him and scripture says that his kindness leads to repentance. And so my heart was so moved by that, just seeing him without those other distractions that my life like yours and that day was really turned around. And so then um, as a born again believer, I thought, well, surely this thing that I had idolized, this career of medicine for so many years, couldn't be something that he called me to because I crafted an idol out of it. So I stepped away from it for a little bit. I um, still did all of the pre-med requirements that I needed to do, but I decided to actually apply to medical school got accepted. I took a year off to do missions. And I said, Lord, I, I'm just going to seek you for the next year. And I would love to be a physician. That's still my heart's desire, but I, I want to lay that down before you and really spend a year pursuing you to see what you want for me. And of course, at the end of the year, the end of the story is already known that I, I did go on to medical school and he uh, made it clear that I can do both. I can, I can serve him and be a physician and the two marry together very well. Uh, I've done lots of things in medicine too. Some family physician by training. I've done traditional family medicine. I've done urgent care. I've done practice management. My last job, uh, I was director of osteopathic education for a residency program, which is amazing. It's been a wonderful career. So, um, so yeah, so very long answer to your short question. I was 12 and I'm super thankful for the career that I have had in medicine and we'll see what the Lord has in the future. You know, there's a slight pause put on that now, but I, I don't feel like my career in medicine is over. It brings me great joy to care for people and to continue to have this love of science and medicine. So, um, so I'm thankful for it and we'll, we'll see what the future holds. We're at another crossroads. So. That's right. Mm -hmm. Fun times. Mm -hmm. The journey continues. That's right. That's right. So let me ask you uh, the next question that I have for you, David. What what drives you? I know that's a very general question, but I obviously know you very well. But love for you to tell those who are listening. What drives you? Have you ever heard the expression, "If Mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy"? <laughs> a time or two or five hundred. <laughs> yeah, I. Um, I'm somewhat kidding, but it, it is true. Like what you see me doing is very important. And I believe in the, it was, I think it was Eric and Elaine during our premarital counseling back all those years ago that said, God did not just intend marriage for mm -hmm. your happiness. Like mm -hmm. God's not just going to give you Heather as a wife to make you happy. Like he's going to use her for the sanctification process to make you holier. Right. So God intended marriage for your holiness, not just your happiness. And that just stuck with me 
And it's true. I mean, you are my greatest accountability partner and I don't want to disappoint you. And so I have to make sure that I'm doing what I need to do in order to provide for our family, in order to not just financially, but spiritually, you know, from a leadership perspective, I want to be a good dad, you know, because I don't, what you think of me is incredibly important. And it's not just you, but I have a tendency to care what everybody thinks and I have to temper that, right? I can't be controlled by that. And I don't want to be controlled by fear of man, but that's, um, I would say I am driven by doing a good job, whatever the job might be, whether it's a husband, father, broker, realtor. My observation is that you do everything as unto the Lord. That in, a, in our home, you run basically a short order kitchen <laughs> morning, <laughs> making everyone their bacon and eggs and sandwiches. And you do it with joy and you take orders and you help around the house and you work really hard in real estate and you serve other people. And so I do believe that we partner together and I, we spur each other on. There's no question about that. I think that's why this new adventure is so exciting to me because I think we work very well together and we sharpen one another. But I do think that it's God's love that compels you and your desire to emulate him in everything that you do. I appreciate you saying that. It's, it's funny because we are, if, if, if you guys haven't picked up on it yet, we are polar opposites. You know, <laughs> um, we would have been married so much sooner had I not been intimidated by Heather's career as a physician. But that's what God had. So we had to come overcome that. So Heather, what's the most interesting book that you've read lately? Now, I'm, I asked you the same question. We wrote down our questions ahead of time without talking to each other. And I have this same one on our list. I don't know if, if, um, if we'll get to that, but I'm curious to see if we have the same answer. I don't know, because we've been reading some similar books lately. So the most interesting book I have read lately is a book on dream interpretation by Praying Medic, which is a pen name for an author, one of our favorite authors, David Hayes. David love, Hayes. Love him. Yeah. And we've learned so much from him. He's really just a gifted author and, and loves the Lord and loves to teach. And so this book, I, you know, I've always had crazy dreams my whole life. And I used to attribute it to late night pizza or whatever, you know, random neural firings. And I began to understand that the Lord, he speaks to me in several different ways. Sometimes it's through short phrases or just that still small voice, but a lot of times it's through dreams. And it wasn't until recently, probably the last year or two, that I've really begun to try to understand how he's speaking to me through my dreams and to really take them seriously. Because even in scripture, we see that God speaks to his people in a multitude of ways, but there are countless encounters people have had with the Lord in their dreams. And, and they're not always very clear, which is the interesting part. Uh, I wish they were sometimes, but often it takes some time and prayer to decode what he's trying to say to us in dreams. And so this book has been really helpful. It's very practical. I think it's called um, Dream Interpretation Made Simple or yep. something, yep. something like that. And it really goes step by step and, and uses scripture to show us how to understand our dreams and perhaps what the Lord is speaking to us through them. So that's definitely been the most interesting book that I've read lately. Yeah, I, I would agree with Praying Medic is um, just a, incredibly talented teacher like he strives to communicate in such a way that people can receive it and what i love even more the intent of this interview or the intent of of 
this podcast is not to proselytize or evangelize or, or to convert people to Christianity. Obviously, we're Christians. Everybody has to hear from the Lord and, and make up their own mind and at the end of the day, sleep at night with a clear conscience. So that's not why we bring up all of these things. It's just it comes out because this is who we are. But Praying Medic, he writes his books assuming like specifically to a vast audience. And and in the beginning chapters in many of his books, it says if you're not a believer or if, even if you're an atheist, that's okay. Just read this. I'm just presenting information. Everybody can make up their own mind. And I love that about him. He is by far my favorite author. So thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. I agree. Mm -hmm. That's a great book. Great. So is it my turn for the next question? I lose track because we're <laughs> bouncing ideas off of each other. So um, in light of time, I'm going to actually skip to my last question because I think we've covered some of the others. Um, I'd be curious to know, because we've had so much change over the last few years, we, we've had a lot of change in our lives over the last few years. 2022 seems to be, to me, pivotal for many people. I would like to hear about your primary goals for the coming year, for 2022. What do you hope to see? What do you hope to accomplish? What are you aiming for? For our family, I would love nothing more than for our children to have a genuine understanding of, of who God is and for them to be able to hear his voice. I'm, my, my book that I'm reading right now is Hearing God's Voice by Praying Medic. And I want my kids to hear God's voice because if you can, if you can tap into the creator of the universe and get a glimpse of what his destiny is for you and walk in that, there's nothing that can stop mm -hmm. you. There's nothing that can stop so you. True. Um, so personally, from a family level, to, to ingrain that into our kids so that they can hear for God. So they don't have to take my word for it. They don't have to take your word for it. They don't have to be told about this God that our fathers worship. They can, they can learn for themselves. Professionally, I would love nothing more than to share the good news of this real estate firm that I work for now. We've been here for two and a half years. I believe this company is going to be the number one company in the world. I love working here. I love that my boss, so this, the CEO of Call It Closed literally sits around and thinks of ways to give away more money. We were in a meeting yesterday where he's revamping our comp plan just to give us all a raise. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's too good to be true. You know, so, so for people who are obviously in real estate, residential or commercial brokerage that would like a pay raise that would like to do something new and exciting. I think it's a no brainer. And I, I love sharing the good news. I mean, I don't, if I have a great experience at Walmart, everybody's going to know. I just, that's who I am. I like to share the truth and my own experiences. And so to be able to share, call it closed professionally and see other people as happy as I am, I think would be really amazing. I think that's exciting. I think getting to know the the people of Call It Closed International Realty has just been an incredible blessing. They are some of the most amazing people. And it's a wonderful thing to have colleagues that you genuinely enjoy spending time with, that you respect, that spur you on to greatness, that share ideas. That is really a gift that we found in, in this company. So I'm excited as well. It, it really is. And I've never been around people who I can look up to. And this is going to sound harsh, and I don't mean it that way. Like, this is not a slight against people that I've worked for in the past or other leaders that have been in my life in the past. 
I've, but I've never been around people who I view as beyond where I am in almost every facet, like spiritually, maturity, family, business, financially, nearly every aspect of where people would say, you know, how are you successful? How do you measure success? Whether it's, you know, family, business, money, whatever it is, these people are beyond me in every way or where I want to go in some regard in, in, in every facet. And I can trust them. Like I've never had role models who I can fully trust. I can submit myself. I know when I ask for advice, there's no ulterior motive. That's phenomenal. I've never had that. And I absolutely am, I believe, going to continue flourishing because of, because of that atmosphere. One last question for you. Okay. Similar, a little bit different. I did copy your questions, so um, there's no there's no shocker there. <laughs> <laughs> if I sat next to you in high school, hey, what's mine? I would have gotten straight A's, dude. <laughs> so, where do you see yourself in five years? I thought about this, and this was a this was a difficult one for me to answer when I was thinking about it because I've always been, you know, we. And those of us in medicine often joke that life happens in four-year increments. So you always have the next goal in four years. And for me, that's that's been similar. I've I've always worked for the same uh, medical corporation for my entire career, but I've had many different jobs within that corporation over that time. And so naturally, my life has been broken up into these little chunks of time, whether it's three years or five years, but relatively small. I do I love that change, and I don't I really don't know where. I will be in five years. But what I can say is that uh, I have the faith for whatever God has called us to. So I feel like he's called me to make a sharp right turn about six months ago. And I don't understand the fullness of what that means. I do expect that in five years, our kids are going to be obviously significantly older. We'll have more kids out of the nest. We'll be in a little bit of a different season. Uh, I expect to be even stronger in our marriage. I expect to be traveling a ton. We love to travel. So that's one of our goals. So I really hope that we're able to show our kids more of this amazing country that we live in and hopefully travel the world. And I think that we'll be an even stronger team than we are now. So what that looks like tangibly, I don't know, but I'm super excited. We call our, we have a Facebook uh, page for our family and it's called the Doty Family Adventure. And what I do know is that it's going to be an adventure. It'll be exciting. We may not know where the next turn heads, but I know it's going to be good. And I know it'll be a lot of fun. And I know it'll be for our sanctification and for our growth. So I'm excited. So how's that for a vague answer? I, I like know, it. But I'm really looking forward to it. I like it. I like it a lot. Well, this has been fun. It's even though we've been married for coming up on 14 years, I feel like I know you a little bit better now. Moving forward, our goal is to not make this about us, but really to make it about success, mindset, personal growth, spiritual growth, and also incorporating the experiences of other people who have been successful. So if you are a business professional, you've experienced some level of success and you would like to be interviewed by the amazing Heather and her sidekick, David then we can make that happen. Um, the, the idea really is that we are all better together. And if we can learn and grow and share what we're learning, we can help other people grow. We can learn from other people and we're all better as a result. So thanks for tuning in. 
look forward to doing this again. Thank you for listening. 